Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am your hostess, Pat Rulo. We bring you hand-selected hosts, podcasts, and talk radio programming with listening options, 24-7 streaming or listen on demand. We also feature one-on-one segments with important guests, people who have something to say that you need to hear. And if you are an author or actually anyone listening to today's interview and would like to be featured on the network, please visit speakuptalkradio.com for all of the details or contact us at pr at speakuptalkradio.com. And right now, I'm so excited to share a fellow Ohio author with you. She is Jenna C. Henry. Jenna is a writer and a reader and a bon vivant who thrives on encouraging other creatives. Her goal is to make friends with everyone in the world. Jenna holds a Juris Doctor degree from the University of Akron and practiced law and raised her family in tropical Ohio. Now retired, she writes and reads on her front porch and enjoys relaxing by gorgeous bodies. No, don't get excited. It's bodies of water. Jenna is the author of a fiction series, The Golden Age of Charlie, which spotlights the love and laughter of a family life amid the problems and praises of retirement. She is delighted to share her new book. There are now three in the series to encourage and entertain readers. A little bit more I want to share with you. After 40 years of wanting to be a writer, she achieved her dream. She has loved the writing and editing process and was delighted at how enjoyable and energizing the world of marketing and promoting can be. She says it's all about making friends. She's active on social media and enjoys chatting with and learning from many of her online professional acquaintances and friends. She also offers beta reading and book reviewing services, and she features her favorite authors on her website. She also writes a weekly blog that explores a variety of topics, writing, book and author marketing, and how to live a positive life, mixed in with thoughts of beaches, scotch, and green bean casseroles, which just, by the way, would be a great title for a book, Beaches, Scotch, and Green Bean Casseroles. I know I'd read it. She has been interviewed and featured on other writers' blogs, and next on her list is giving presentations at conferences and workshops. And as her book character, Charlie, is fond of saying, press on. And I know I'm ready to press on, so welcome to the network, Jenna. Thank you so much, Pat. I'm just delighted to be here. Thank you. I am as well, and I have to ask you this very important question. I live in Ohio, too, and not very far from you, yet somehow I am smack in the middle of the snow belt, and you are in tropical Ohio, so I want to know how you manage that. Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. It's, it's all a state of mind, isn't it? <laughs> okay, so you're telling me I need to work on it, right? <laughs> yes. Might as well, huh? but you are in the snow belt, that is for sure. That's true. When you have 168 inches of snow in a season, I don't think that's very tropical. Tropical, no. <laughs> I hate to see what it was. It, yes. Uh, I think I need some of your scotch and green beans and beaches. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, now, you had a full law career prior to writing. Why is it that you decided to write? I am in the long line of of people who always wanted to write a book. And I've I've listened to some of your other interviews, and I noticed that many of those writers um, say the same thing. They always wanted to write. I was fortunate in that my... Uh, early career or careers did involve some writing, uh, but it wasn't creative writing. And I, I was the kind of person, if I were at a party and if I met you or if I met an author, I'd, I'd just be all over them saying, oh, I've always wanted to write and tell me about it and what should I do? And I'd go on and on. So finally after about, um, 
30 years of this, my husband said, well, if you're so keen on this, maybe you should get started one of these days. And I said, you know, you're right. So I put down my scotch and, and headed to the computer, and here I am. <laughs> I'm glad you finally realized your dream. So what made you choose to write about retirement? Well, interesting because even though you you might think I'm actually of the retirement age, and, and I am um, in, in dog years, but in my brain, I still feel really young. So I'm like a young person in my brain looking at retirement. But many of my friends, that's where we're at, we are now. Um, I think we've all lived interesting lives because we kind of came of age in the 70s, let's say, when a lot was going on, and now here we are again, a lot's going on. And funny uh, thing, I'll add that in some ways I've been guided by a jump rope jingle. Did you ever jump rope when you were a kid on the playground? That was a yes, a big deal for me, and when you could finally jump in, that was so excited as the ropes twirled. Uh-huh. And there was one of those jingles that you would say to, to, you know, to keep your time about, uh, like, Johnny and Susie sitting in the tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes Susie with the baby carriage. You got it. (laughs) Right. And I thought to myself, okay, I did all those steps. What happens after that? Where's the the rest of the jingle? It doesn't just end there. So I decided to, to, um, to look at that. With my, with my old body and my 20-year-old mind. Well, I love that. I remember jump roping to that as well. And I used to get so mad when they'd put my name with some boy I didn't like. <laughs> That's right. You'd be like, <laughs> oh, no. Right. <laughs> 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 yes, boogers. <laughs> I know. I don't like it. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. Well, why don't you then share a bit of each of your three books? You have the first is called The Golden Age of Charlie, RSVP. The next is The Golden Age of Charlie, BMI. And the third is The Golden Age of Charlie, GPS. And I'm sure there's something we need to know about RSVP, BMI, and GPS. Yeah, those are the little uh, uh, clues. The first book uh, sets the stage, so to speak. So in the first book, we're looking at uh, a high-energy wife, and her name is her nickname is Charlie. Her given name is Charlotte. She's married to her solid guy, and his name is Stuart, but he goes by the nickname of Pudding or Put for short. And they are about to enter the new chapter in their lives. They're they're just entering it when the book starts, and the new stage is uh, retirement. And the retirement begins with adults, and so throughout the book, they're, well, Charlie's the main instigator, but they're looking to find ways to connect again after all those busy, busy, busy years, then suddenly retirement hits. What do you do? So the first book um, sets the stage of that. And then one book two is BMI, and you probably and understand um, where, where that's leading to. But with the RSVP in the first book, what one way they managed to connect by the end of the book was 
to bonding with all the uh, younger generation in their family, and they decided to visit them and go out to eat, and that was something they could both enjoy together. So by book two, they're feeling a lot happier. Um, Stuart, uh, or Pud, as he's known by, is, is still golfing, and, and um, Charlie's still cleaning out closets. But they are still having fun together um, as best they can, going out to eat. But they start going out to eat too much. And they start realizing they need to do something about their weighty problems. So they tackle that in book two. And then book three, which is uh, the golden age of Charlie GPS, I started out thinking this would be that they would next pursue traveling. That was how I saw this book before I sat down to write it. I thought, well, now they're back in shape. They're getting closer together. Uh, I bet they'd like to travel. Well, as book characters can do, Charlie changed her mind partway through the book, decided, I'm not so keen on traveling, and where am I going with my life? Where am I going inside? Am I doing what I want to be doing with these remaining years? Who am I? Where am I? So she tackles those questions. So it was more of a mental GPS in in book three. Okay, I get BMI is body mass index, right? Yes. GPS is a good old GPS. Yeah, I got you know, that. Recalculating your life is what Charlie ends up doing. And then RSVT was the uh, going out to dinner. Sure, sure. Got it. Now, w- was any of this taken from your real life situation in retirement? Well, people ask that. Um, yes and no. Um, taken from a little bit of my life and, and the lives of, you know, sorry, friends, if you're listening. Yes, <laughs> it was taken from your life, too. Um <laughs> Just this morning, and this kind of relates to your question, I, I start my morning, I, I go through my social media and I read people's blogs and I sip my coffee and read some more. And I was surprised. I read several blogs this morning that were talking about um, obituaries. And one was talking about how obituaries have changed through the years and that now they're so much more informative and, and either people write them themselves before they pass on or their their friends write them so they include a lot of anecdotes and stories and then I read another blog where that's what the author did she got a lot of her ideas and characters and little situations from reading obituaries and I thought I'd start doing that that would give me another another source but the short answer to your question is yes some of it's based on on my life but many people have come up to me and said, um, were you writing about me? How did you know about my life? So I think these are pretty universal things that happen. Sure, sure. As you were saying, reading about obituaries, I was thinking, oh, my, maybe your next book is going to be The Golden Age of Charlie, R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see. We'll run that up the flagpole, see what people think. <laughs> <laughs> see, I gave you a new project. Oh, that's great. Good. I'll get started. 
<laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, your character's name, Charlie and Pud McAntic. I love the last name. And I was wondering, where did you come up with those names for your characters? I just had fun. That's the fun of writing your own book, isn't it? It is. It is. You get to come up with uh, uh, names. Um, Charlotte is actually, uh, uh, that was my grandmother's name. And I thought, well, that's kind of a popular name now. And I, it came to me, I could give her the nickname Charlie, which would be huge. And so I thought that would be a name people would like. And then, um, um, uh, Stewart, I just wanted a funny nickname. And, and that actually is based on kind of on a, a story of my husband from, from his childhood. But, um, I just wanted something that made him seem like kind of a solid, regular, regular guy. Mm-hmm. I love the last name of McAntic. Yeah, I love that too. I have to say, I really like that. <laughs> it sounds like a real name almost, doesn't it? It does. It does. But yet yeah. there's, but yet there's some whimsy to it. So you know, there's going to be some some bits of trouble going on. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like I said, that's what's fun about writing. You can just, uh, um, yeah, dream up these things and then and then have it happen. And I would say too, that reminds me. Um, I feel like through each book, I've gotten a little more imaginative, maybe a little more creative, um, um, added, you know, been a little bit braver about mm-hmm. adding different scenes. And so, so that's been fun to see too. Yeah, I think I've evolved a little bit. Yeah, I think that's just a natural progression as you begin to feel more confident in your writing and in your characters, you can feel free to do that. Which, which makes me think about your purpose when, when you were, when you set out to write this book. Was there a purpose? Was it more for you? Or is there a message that you want to share with your readers? Oh, it was definitely a, a, about the readers. It, it, you know, otherwise I could just write a diary. That would be, you know, nice too. But no, it was definitely to, to really to entertain and, and encourage other readers. Um, and, and I wanted to write a fun book and a popular book, but I wanted it to have a little bit of a, a literary feel to it. Um, I, I'm sure you know there's sort of a, a dividing line in the writing world between uh, popular fiction, or I think what they're referring to it now as genre fiction, whether you're a romance writer or a women's writer or a sci-fi writer, and then there's literary fiction, mm-hmm. you know, which is what you read in high school. Well, I wanted a little bit of both. I wanted some inspiration. I wanted a few um, nicely turned phrases and some some more literary type descriptions. But I also wanted to make people laugh and feel good. But I wrote it for for readers, right? That's not for me. That's what I imagined. So, as you were writing, though, speaking of writing for you, did you learn anything about yourself while writing your books? Just as a side bonus, I'm thinking I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you already knew everything you needed to know about yourself. I, I think it, I really did. I, I guess I learned that I could I could do this. I, I, one way I could answer your question, and it's not going to be as profound as you might want it to be. This answer isn't going to be as profound. But um, when, when when I finally took my husband's sort of dare or challenge, when he said, well, you better get started writing, you know, because that R.I.P., as you said, is coming up pretty soon. <laughs> so I, um, I I got started, and I, I 
you know, I thought, well, I'm kind of a smart person, and I've read a lot. I can, I can figure out this writing thing. So I, I, I wrote a little outline, probably on a notepad that I took from a hotel, right? So I got out my hotel notepad and my hotel pen and wrote a little outline. And I thought, oh, okay, you know, well, chapter one will introduce the characters, and chapter two will be kind of like, you know, what they, what's their problem, and you know, I wrote a couple more down, and I started writing, and I realized, well, my book could be done in ten pages at this rate. So that's not going to, <laughs> that's not going to work. Definitely time to re- recalculate and recalibrate. So that was the whole process too of actually learning how how to create a whole book. And I realized that seventy thousand words, which would be a kind of an average-sized book for today's market. Um, 70,000 words, it's still a lot of words to, to put down and right. keep track of and keep track of characters. And then through the editing process, I learned so, so much. That's probably where I really um, uh, learned a lot, mm-hmm. you know, having someone else look at it and you get the edited version back and they do it in, I think most editors do this, they do it in Word. Mm-hmm. So you see 10,000 red track <laughs> things, you know, yes. that you have to look at. But it was great. I loved it. That's, that's how I really learned a lot. But, um, no, I think I'm still this, the same person I was as when I started. I'm happy. I'm yeah. a happy person. <laughs> I can tell. You can tell that from your, from your <laughs> tone of your voice. What does your family think of your writing? Well, if they read it, probably I would hope they would like it. Um, um, I've gotten a good reaction from people I know, and I've gotten a good reaction from people I I don't know. So I I just read the other day, too, that someone, uh, an author said they felt like they were a success because, you know, they wrote the book, they had it published, and they had at least you know, one person they didn't know write a good review, and, mm-hmm. and that to them was success. Right. So I, I would agree with that, too. No, I agree. I agree. Um, let's talk about your book covers, because they have a feeling about them that makes you, it made me, want to reach out and touch them. Your first book cover features a glass of wine and a golf club and golf balls. Your next yes. cover has a bottle of wine and two glasses, so apparently the golfer joined the party. And, <laughs> yes. and the third yes. cover not only has two glasses of wine, but also a picnic basket, so we can kind of see the evolution there. Just share your thought process on the design of your covers. Well, thank you for noticing that and asking. Um, I'm going to digress a little bit, so keep me on, on track when, when I finally get back to answering your question, because I'm... Um, I'm old, I might like wander off into some other topic, but the covers have been on my mind lately because I've been very happy with um, each one of them. And uh, one thing, if you, if you read on the internet at all about how to be a successful writer, they'll always say, you know, pay to have good book covers and good, good book covers are important. And I agree. So I felt like I, I did that. So here I am happy with my book covers. Well, then... To, um, to introduce and launch book three, I did some, uh, some contests and appeared on different writers' blogs and, and, and reached out to people and I gave away some as prizes. And I was noticing that everybody from a certain region of the country, they would be really nice and they would post and say, 
I got the book and I read it and I loved it, but they would always cover up the wine part on the cover. Oh. I know. And I this just happened within the past week or so. I'm getting these photos. And, and one of them was finally really kind and wrote to me and said, you know, in the area where we live, wine could really be offensive to some people. Oh, my goodness. I was like, oh, oh, thank goodness that's not tropical Ohio, exactly. right? Exactly. And I don't mean it that at all. That's just something interesting. I'm not saying that to criticize or put people. Uh, it's just I, that hadn't occurred to me at all. In fact, if anything, I've had more of the, um, the opposite reaction, that it's really a- attracted a lot of women and, and, and intrigued them, and a lot of women can relate to um Wine. So I'm just fearing that that the whole process of having a cover there's there's a a lot to think about, isn't there? We're just living in such politically correct, crazy times where you can't turn left or right because it's always the wrong way to turn. So at some point in time, you have to be true to yourself and say, "Hey, this is my cover. This is what I'm about." You start worrying about every little nuance, then you you kind of strip away who you are. Well, I think that's a really good good point, and and you're right. You can't. You do have to be um, um, true to yourself. And and there again, I thought, well, I I am thinking of my readers, so I don't want those readers to feel up, up, upset either. But I was trying to really create an inviting cover that people could relate to. And and as you pointed out really well, it it does reflect the books and sort of shows up uh, progression. So. I'm I'm really happy with them. I'm happy with how they look, but I, I that was just something interesting to learn. Mm-hmm. And when you said be true to yourself, it just reminded me. Um, a, a young person who I'm close to has been going through um, job interviews lately, and they they finally nailed a really good job. They just got offered a really good job, and I said to this person, "Oh, I'm sure you've learned a lot going through interviews. That's hard to." Do and, and I don't know if you know this, Pat, but nowadays inter- the interview process is so complex. Mm-hmm. You have to take psychological tests and interview once, then you go back again. So it's a big process. Well, this person answered just pretty much what you said. I finally decided to be true to myself and just be myself and fear what was good and, and some things. If I didn't know what I just said, I don't know it. And, and they thought that's why they really did really well in this last mm-hmm. interview. So. It's true. No matter what stage you're at in life, it's always good to be true to yourself. Right. At the end of the day, it's just you and that person in the mirror. So I think think it's... that's for sure. Yep. Yep. For sure. Wow. That's very interesting. I'm glad we had this conversation. It kind of makes you think about a few things. Now, you say that you like the marketing and the promotion side of being an author, and that's kind of unusual. A lot of folks I talk to think, I just want to write. I don't, I don't even know how to do this. I don't want to do it. So what, what is it that you like about it, and do you have any tips to share with fellow authors? Well, as far as tips, that's what I'm working on um, this year. I would like to... Um, snag some chances to speak at uh, either either workshops or, or conferences, that kind of thing. And so I am developing a, a talk about my chip, and I have over a 100 really good ones so far that I've written down. Um, and yes, I, 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 I do love it. I, and, and you're right, a lot of people start off thinking, oh, I don't know about this. 
But I think it's like peeling a, an onion kind of thing where you start off and you, and you just do one step. And you, so you've taken off that outer leaf and then, and then you do the next step and, 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 you, and that reveals more and, and so on. So your first step is just to set up your platform, which usually is, is some kind of um, website or blog, and then start setting up your social media channels and then just day by day, uh, work it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know, I just learned so much, but uh, the big blessing of it is that I've met such great people who are, they're people you could joke with, they're people you can learn from, um, it's, that's just been really great. I look forward, um, I usually start my day with my cup of coffee and, and I, I read through all my, uh, social media channels and answer questions and I read blogs and respond to those and it's a great part of my day which is another tip is I've read and I think this helps is it helps your writer's brain to do the same thing like at the same time and in the same order every day mm-hmm. you know helps me to stay on track so I do that and then I do my actual like writing writing chores but um oh I think that's just been a yes I can't say enough about marketing. I love it. Yeah. Well, you've got a great personality. You're very open. And I think when you're open that way, when you reach out to people, they reach reach back out to you in kind and in like. Um, so I think that's that's a great trait that you have. I also saw a YouTube book trailer on your website. So that's a little bit of, of uh, promotion and marketing. How did that go? Um, that I had done through um, my, my book publisher was a... Um, they're, they're, they're a big self-publishing house. And why I went, well, okay, so I never, I'm sorry. I've never, <laughs> your question makes me think of something else. <laughs> so here's a long answer to this. Okay. One day as I was typing away and I tried to write a thousand words a day. So I'm typing away on my first book, you know, my thousand words. And I had to look up something. I was looking for a synonym. So I used the online dictionary. And you know how the internet they pop up the ads. Mm-hmm. They just know what you're thinking. You know, those ads pop up. They're just for you. So I'm looking up the word, and the ad pops up, and it says, are you writing a book? <laughs> and I said, yes. Yes, God, I am. I am writing a book. So um, I, I clicked on it. You know, by that time, of course, realizing it wasn't God, that I was going to be called by a salesperson which I was, but um, I really liked what they said. And what they said was, We're, this is self-publishing. You can do everything from just, you know, having a little book printed up that you give out as Christmas presents to your family to having e-books and paperback books and full editing services and full marketing services, and we can do as much or as little as you want. I thought, that sounds great. So that's why I signed up for them. So I... um I paid them to do the uh, the uh, trailer. There's a 30-second one and a 60-second one, and I just love how it turned out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get tears in my eyes when I watch it. I, I, just, I think it's wonderful. So, um, And then lately, I learned how to make gifts. So I, um, I've been experimenting and making little gifts, you know, G-I-F. Yes. Uh, yeah, those kind of... I was talking to my son the other day, and he said... You're making gifts? I said, no, I'm making 
not with a T, I'm making gifts. <laughs> so um, that was fun, too. I made a little short one of that. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's, um, it was very rich. It was beautiful. I got so too. I mean, it's like Gone with the Wind, only shorter. <laughs> well, you know, and that's what's great in this day and age of people wanting to see things and read things and assimilate information in tiny, tiny bites. I thought that was really well done. It gave you the whole feeling of it, but you didn't have to spend an afternoon looking at it. So, um, yeah, right. congratulations I, on I that. I agree, and that music. Mm -hmm. Music. <laughs> You've done well. You've done very well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I just had a, I just had a ball. I think back to when I was a real little kid, my mom would keep me entertained and she'd give me like paper and old magazines and I would cut out letters and, and, and pictures and make books, stories out of them. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's sort of like what, what blogging is and social media is right now. You're kind of just cutting out and pasting and putting things together and oh, it's a lot easier, huh? I never thought of that, but I went through that time, too, where you'd get the magazines and pull out favorite photos and pictures and make your own books. I hadn't thought about that in a long time. Right. <laughs> and now, now that's what we're doing as grown-ups. You're right. You're right. Oh, my gosh. It's so fun to talk with you, and there's so much more that we could, we could talk about. But as we begin to wrap up, is there anything that we missed that you would like to talk about today? That, that I really am available to um, encourage and help other uh, readers and authors and, and bloggers and also learn from that too. So I guess I would say, you know, my, uh, my online door is, is always open and you could find me um, on, on all my social media channels and at my website, which you want me to say the website now? Absolutely. Okay, which at my website is 100 Kids for Cars for Kids. No, it's not that. <laughs> my website is www.jennabooks.com All right, jennabooks.com and it's spelled J-E-N-A-books.com J-E-N-A, jennabooks.com And my that's my Twitter handle too, which is uh, at jennabooks and I have a Facebook page, which is Jenna C. Henry author, so I um, you know I would love to meet anybody out there who wants to talk about writing or reading or I like to do book reviews. I'll, I'll beta read. I'll, um, I'll laugh at your jokes. <laughs> I'll send you my recipes. Oh my gosh. Well, your goal is to be friends with everyone in the world. So we need people to connect with you so you can achieve your goal. That's right. I got to get going on that. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, I'm going to encourage everyone to get a hold of each of these three books of yours, The Golden Age of Charlie at jennabooks.com. I wish this half hour hadn't flown by so quickly because you're so fun to talk to. But thank you so much. And we're going to maybe have to do this again. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you so much, Pat. <laughs> <laughs>